0: Word is chaos.
1: You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed, on fire, where a town turns into a city, and a weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other.
2: What
0: a wild finish!
1: Next, our playoff weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Wallace, the
0: winner
1: at Talladega. Get your tickets now. All right, race fans. Let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show.
3: All right, I'd like to welcome you to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Monday morning edition. And guys, we got our first driver for today, driving for Emily Gates Motorsports, Joey Gates and the number 35 Toyota back from Texas. Welcome back.
4: Yeah, thank you for having me on.
3: Well, Joey, you finished 25th at Texas, but you kind of got run over there. Uh, kind of walk us through that little accident on us.
4: Yeah, we could have had a
5: <clears throat> much
4: better day, on, unfortunately, but one way to look at it, we got at least a little bit lucky. on Still finishing 25th by not finishing, I guess. Um, but, yeah, they're all wrecking there in front of us, and we checked up, and then uh, two guys behind us were about 15 car lengths back, and uh, I guess we're driving off their, their hood pins and never checked up and uh, turned us into the wall, unfortunately.
3: So, Joy uh, Talladega this weekend.
4: We'll be uh, racing Talladega this weekend.
3: So, Joy, you, you've got your own team now. That that kind of helps you make more races and makes it more affordable for you. Of course, there's nothing affordable about racing, uh, Joy. <laughs> I, uh, I know sad. you know that. I, I, but I,
4: I don't I don't quite know about all that. But um, <laughs> we uh, we do got our own team.
3: Well, it it makes it a little more decision-wise where you can can make more decisions on what tracks you do race, but you've had some pretty good drivers in your car when you was not in there.
4: Yeah, yeah, you know, we've uh we've we've worked really hard this year on trying to uh uh you know, make a lot of <clears throat> smart moves and you know uh, business-wise, you know, I'm in the car when I got a sponsor and if not uh, we put someone else in it, and you know me and my partner Patrick. We both have that same uh, same theory, and you know he's a he's a driver too. And uh, you know we've we've had some good drivers in there from Shane Lee and Parker Kligerman and um, and and others. And uh, we'll have Brad Perez uh, back in our car again uh, at the Roval here uh, here next week.
3: Joy, the uh, Xfinity series is uh, pretty hefty this year. A lot of car counts, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it's uh it's by far you know the the most competition um, there's been in the series since I've been in the sport the last uh, eleven years or so. You know there's there's not only a lot of cars, but uh, every car that's showing up is uh is a high quality um, effort. You know for sure. You know it, it used to be if you got an A motor um, at a speedway, you're just automatically you know pretty much in the show. To where nowadays, you know on any given weekend there's normally at least 25 cars out there with an A motor and you go to a, a speedway, there's, you know, at least normally 35. So the, the competition is, uh, is much, much, much higher than it than it's ever been before.
3: Joey, you still get that feeling that you, get, that you got when you was eight years old in that go-kart.
4: Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I still definitely get, get excited, uh, when we get to the racetrack and then, you know, it reminds yourself, uh, why, why we still do this.
3: Well, Joy, I've watched your career over several years and, and uh, let's talk a few minutes about your your sponsors that you carry on your car.
4: Yeah. You know, we've, uh, I I wouldn't be able to do this with it. uh, If it wasn't for our partners, you know, throughout my, my whole career. Um, But uh, you know, our, our big partners, you know, all of our donate life partners across the nation that, teamed up with me uh pretty much my whole whole nascar career here uh kitty cat coin um sparks energy absaroka pro master uh and you know cooks headers and and many many more you know without without all these great partners we wouldn't be able to do uh, what we've done this year and what i've been able to do uh, my whole career hey
6: joey you got kyle here uh my first question for you is um uh, what's ownership been like um working working with Patrick Emmerlin? I know you talked a little bit about it earlier, but what's it been like working with him and and being, you know, being a driver owner on that side of things?
4: Uh it's stressful, of course. Um you know, there's there's a lot more uh, aspects I go into it now, but um you know, for for the most part, you know, it's what I've uh what I expected before we uh before we jumped into it. You know, I've been uh, I guess you can say fortunate to where, you know, with a lot of the teams I've been on before this point have been been smaller teams. And, you know, I've always kind of been uh, responsible for a lot more than just uh, driving the race car uh, when I was with these teams. So it definitely uh, definitely helped me get prepared um, a little bit for uh, what we're doing um, this year. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot. And, um, you know, it's uh, – you know, there's some things I maybe would have done a little bit different. But, you know, for the most part, um, I think uh, I wouldn't change a thing. And, you know, working with Patrick, he's uh, he's a great guy. And, and uh, I kind of ask for a better partner.
6: My next question for you is, um, Rowdy Bench, you know, you've been around for a little bit. Um, and, I, and I've seen a lot of your, your photos. I mean, what's it been like raising a family, you know, dealing with, with racing as well?
4: Uh you know that definitely uh definitely it would be a little bit easier uh doing this for sure time wise if uh, if you don't have a family um you know or being married and have kids and and all that but uh, at the same time you know it's extra motivation to uh make sure you bring uh you bring some bread back to the house and uh, you know make your kids proud too so it's uh luckily my wife uh, you know she's been super uh, uh supportive through through my whole racing career and uh you know she she was all for me uh, starting my own team and, and she knew it was uh you know it was going to be tough and that uh it's it's not easy going by by any means but uh she's right there every step of the way and you know it's a, it's a good thing and a bad thing but my kids are uh, are all all about racing right now and and they love every second of it
6: so you have Patrick Emmerling. He's a modified ace. Um have you ever seen a modified race before in the northeast or anywhere else um you know with his with his background. Um I know that uh, I think it was I, I don't know what race it was. I know he was scheduled to run but uh, I think it was Watkins Glen because we had Brad on our show. Um you know what's it like been working with Patrick and um you know what 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 has he brought to the team this year?
4: Uh you know a lot. It you know that's part of the reason why we teamed up together, you know. Uh he basically I had, uh, everything he didn't have and he had everything I didn't have. So it was kind of a perfect marriage and we had the, the same ideas and, you know, we're the same age and, you know, we, we both just love racing. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's been a good partnership and, you know, uh, he, he's ran businesses before. So his side, um, on all of that was, uh, was good insight. You know, I've been in, um, I've been in this world of racing, uh, you know, a very, a very long time, and know, knew a lot of the ins and outs, and and stuff like that that you wouldn't know, you know, from just being a uh, a normal business owner or you know owning a uh, a wheel and modified team and and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's been a really good partnership, and um, we we get along really well too, and, and friends on top of it. So it's uh, it goes well.
6: My last question for you is, um, I mean, did you expect to have run as well as you have. have, did you expect that at all this year? Um, you know, being a new team and everything, um, you know, I like, mean, like, you know, you mentioned you have several drivers in the car. Uh, I mean, have you expected to have as much success as you've had this year so far?
4: Uh, You know, that was definitely, you know, always the, the hope and, you know, our, our first goal, first and, and foremost, was to, you know, make make every race and to try to finish every race. Um, you know, that that's definitely been uh, something I've been – been proud of you know something we've been able to do do well at is uh you know make sure we prepare uh good good mechanically running race cars i go to the racetrack every week and uh hopefully we can uh we can keep that going and uh you know that being on a lot of other teams you know and in, in the past that was a lot of times our downfall is uh mechanical failure so i want to do everything we could to uh to try to do uh make sure we didn't have that problem
3: Joey, with the uh, Xfinity series now running the composite body, does that make it a little easier and less uh, cost efficient? To make it more cost efficient to have that composite body now?
4: Uh, in some ways, yes. Um, in some ways, no. But um, you know, the, the nice thing is, you know, if you're, you know, you're out west or something. Um, you know, when I've been on other teams, if you uh, you got hit in the quarter panel or, you know, rear bumper or something, um, you at least have a shot at fixing it and not having to come all the way back home to, uh, to do that for the next week. Um, that's, that's definitely the biggest thing. And, you know, not having to, uh, use bondo in them and, and all of that. Definitely, uh, definitely nice and, and helpful. Um, you know, just like everything, unfortunately, the cost of the panels right now are, are uh, are going up and, uh, you know, it's being able to get everything exact to uh, meet the Roamer arm um, still is a lot of, a lot of hard work and you definitely have to have a really good guy with a Roamer arm to, uh, to make that happen. But overall I definitely think because composite bodies, uh, are the way they go for the teams.
3: Uh, Joy, let's talk about the guys back at the shop that helps you make, make you go each weekend.
4: Yeah. You know, we have a great team, uh, back at the shop. We got uh Rick Rogois. uh, Scott Eggleston and uh many Brian Kozlowski and, and many other really good guys um that are back here making sure uh we get everything done and you know that's the that's the one uh, funny thing going into the season. Uh we had a we had a lot of guys that had um a lot of cup experience um, you know, in the past but never had Xfinity experience, which was uh <laughs> which was a good thing and, and a bad thing, you know. We built our, our cars like tanks and uh just getting to know the community setups um, and playing catch up on that was uh, was a little bit, but uh, we have a lot of good, uh, experienced guys who know the ins and outs of NASCAR.
3: And Joey, where can they keep up with you, your season, rest of the season, and keep up?
4: Yeah, everyone can uh, keep up with us at Joey Gase Racing and Emily Gase Motorsports um, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we try to do everything we can to keep uh, every everyone up to date on there.
3: All right, Joey Gates. Joey, be at Talladega this weekend. Looking forward to meeting you.
4: All right. Well, thank you so much, guys.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks, Joey. You'll have to see it to yep. believe it. Thank you. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a tradition like no other. NASCAR Playoff Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. All right, Kyle.
3: Joey Gates, rest be at Talladega super speedway this weekend. If you hadn't got your tickets, still a chance jump over there and call and Kyle. They will have the rodeo on Friday night, the concert on the infield, all that's free with a Sunday ticket. All it takes to get in entry to that. Looking forward to it. It was great. Uh, a year ago, the bulls were unbelievable. And, uh, Thanks for, Joey, for calling in. So uh, we talked about it earlier and didn't get the tire issue this weekend. We got Scott Miller here, and we got a few minutes for Dylan, calls. Let's play, Scott, and uh, it's just a little four-minute deal. Hello. Uh, Talk about
5: what you saw today. A lot of questions about
3: what happened with the tires. Well, I mean –
2: obviously we saw a lot of tire problems and we saw a lot of teams that didn't have tire problems and you know we're working working through that Goodyear's working through that with the teams and you know working through what the setups were what the air pressures were to try to try to get to the bottom of it but you know there was a lot of teams that reported no problems to us post-race and you know and they did admit to being a little bit on the conservative side uh, air pressure and being closer to Uh, the the suggested uh, minimums that Goodyear recommended.
7: Scott, uh, did you guys consider penalizing
8: William Byron for tapping Denny Hamlin there under caution? And if if so, what what were the discussions and why the ultimate decision not to penalize?
2: So, uh, I'll have to be honest with you, Bob. When we were in the tower, we were paying more attention to the actual cause of the caution uh, up there and dispatching our equipment. Uh, the William Byron Denny Hamlin thing we had no eyes on. We saw Denny go through the grass, and by the time we got to uh, a replay that showed the incident well enough to do anything to it, we'd gone back to green. But um, I'm not sure that um, that issue is completely resolved as of yet. So we'll be looking at uh, we'll be looking at that when we get back to back to work.
7: Anything uh, like potential to
2: penalty. Penalty for that? Uh, we, we're gonna work through those things, Bob.
7: On the tires, uh, this is the same tire we're going to use at Las Vegas. Are you guys going to talk to the teams in the Goodyear to kind of figure out maybe uh, if there's similar issues there, try to
2: avoid that? Um, yeah, I, that's what I said. Goodyear is working with the teams about the uh, you know on their setups and everything else to try to you know try, try to mitigate the problems that we that we're certainly seeing. You know, we're all you know we're all learning about the setups, the tires. Goodyear's learning about the construction, the new wheel, So it. it You know, it's part of a learning. It's an unfortunate part of a learning uh, learning process. But as I said earlier, the ones that uh, didn't have any problems admitted to being on the conservative side with uh, with all the things that are that are difficult on tires. They make speed, but they're difficult on tires.
5: Scott, some of the teams said if they were the conservative team said that there's still uh, an amount of laps that a tire should last. Right? How long should the tires last? Is there some sort of you know, they didn't have enough tire today.
2: Uh I I don't really know how to comment on how long a tire should last. The ones that the ones the top four at least ran uh sixty four laps, you know, home and you know, if they can go sixty four laps they have, you know, plenty of tires to get the job done.
0: Um, in reference to the Hamlin virus <clears throat> could you have put uh, Hamlin back in his position had you seen it soon enough, would that have been like you guys would have so, been...
2: so there would probably, you know, if we had seen that good enough to react to it real time, which which we should have, like no excuse there, um, there would probably have been two courses of action. One would have been to put Hamlin back where he was, or the other would be to have um, made Williams start in the back.
1: So moving
0: forward, because this is a situation that impacts a couple of playoff drivers and, and could impact their playoffs, and you guys have talked about in the in the tower of, of making some changes when there have been issues like here having the committee with cautions after the all-star race what what more can you do to try to be better or, or try not to try to avoid a situation like this where you're able to see something especially with it being a playoff race so much at
2: stake well so we we don't have we don't have the cameras cameras and the monitors that we've got we dedicate them mostly to officiating and uh seeing like our safety vehicles and how to dispatch them and all that and by the time we put all those cameras up we don't have a room for all of the in-car cameras to be monitored so we're going to look at having you know because we could if we would have had access, immediate access to the 24 in-car camera that would have helped us a lot with uh, you know being able to find that quickly so that's definitely one of the things that we're looking at
7: what about the race obviously a lot of caution but what about the track itself and, and the things that uh have been, you know, talked about reconfiguration rebuild the track your thoughts on that after today's race
2: well i i think that okay. you know i think the general consensus, and this just isn't my opinion, is this has been a difficult, uh, it's been a difficult track to race on for a while now, so um, what the plans are for it or anything like that, I don't have any details on, on any of that, but, uh, you know, if you ask the drivers, if you ask the crew chiefs, it's it's been a difficult place, you know, over the years, for sure. If right, you, will you,
0: debrief you. Uh,
5: and with the teams, et cetera, and with Goodyear, because you'll have a debrief, right? How do you reach out to the teams? How do you find out and you know what what will the process be?
2: Well, I mean, we have a pretty open dialogue with the teams and the engineers. So um we have a we have a meeting with Goodyear. Goodyear has open dialogues with the teams, so it's it's not you know, it's not like anybody doesn't want to participate in that. We all as an industry want to figure out um how we can be
3: better.
5: All right everyone, thank you. Thank you for Thanks. your
3: time. All right. A uh, little bit of tire issue at Texas. I don't know, Kyle. It Two races at like Texas. It seemed like a lot of the
6: playoff drivers had trouble. Uh, Christopher Bell, Chase Elliott, uh, Alex Bowman. I, I don't know. It just seemed like there were a lot of, lot of issues with playoff drivers. Um, you know, I mean, we've had four playoff races so far, and no playoff drivers have won yet. So um been an interesting season, Rowdy. Um, yeah, tires, uh, it's been you know, I mean, that's always a discussion. I mean, it's not really a, not big of a surprise. But you know, Texas, I mean, hasn't really had issues really with tire wear in the at least recently. But you know, it's I mean, it was a 500 mile race, and it's definitely different than the All Star race weekend. So, uh, yeah, uh, looks like tires were an issue, Rowdy, and um, I guess they're going to have to go back to the to the drawing board and figure it out.
3: All right, Kyle, we got our next driver calling in, Dylan Norris. Welcome to the Sprouty Magli show, Dylan.
9: Hi, thanks for having me.
3: So uh, Dylan, I seen that you'd, you know, I'm I'm an Alabama guy and Kyle's the PA. So uh, when I go to, to Pocono, I always try to hit some of the local tracks and I was lucky and fortunate enough to go. Down this long country road to nowhere, I thought, and then all of a sudden appeared this beautiful little dirt track called Lincoln Speedway.
9: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's uh, that's about five minutes away from my house, it's pretty local to me.
3: So, uh, with that being said, you come from a little bit of a racing family, did you not, Dylan? Yeah,
9: um, my You know, my dad's been involved in the sport for his whole life. He's been on the road with the World of Outlaws and and All-Stars and went to Australia for a few months. And then um, my uncle is Chris Esch, who was a World of Outlaws rookie of the year and and was on the tour for a while. And, I mean, just uh, my car owner, Scott, um, his brother was Kevin Gobreck. And uh, Scott raced himself, and his brother, Brian, raced also.
3: So, Dylan, how would you – decide 410 sprint cars was going to be what you start with here.
9: It just um you know of course I started in lower ranks uh quarter midgets to micros and then worked my way up to 410s but um I just feel like that was my ultimate goal um and we're still not you know my ultimate goal would be to get on either the All Star Tour or World of Outlaws Tour but um it's just sprint cars have been what I've been around my whole life and uh, they just they're just awesome and that's why I want to do it well do you think
3: racing being part of the PA posse helps make that dream come true faster
9: definitely um, I don't, you know it may be a little bit biased but I don't think there's much better local competition in any state than Pennsylvania you know even um, even our not as good guys are still probably pretty good guys in other states. So it just makes the learning curve harder, but, you know, when you can win, it makes it a lot more um, rewarding because, you know, you beat really good cars.
3: Well, Dylan, I see you race at places like Port Royal, BAPS, Big Diamond, Sealand's Grove. Have you got a, a track that kind of sticks out that you that's your favorite track?
9: Um, probably Williams Grove would be my favorite, um, you know, I, I like going to a lot of these tracks. I, I really just like going to any track that's new to me or tracks that I haven't been to very often, but, um, probably just Williams Grove. Cause that seems to be the track that I get around the best and had no success at. and there's, there's some big races there during the year. So, um, one of them big wins.
6: Hey Dylan, you got Kyle here. uh My first question for you is uh talk a little bit about how the dirt classic went at Lincoln. uh you were the hard charger in that race uh I mean, can you just talk a little bit about how your race went? Um, I did see the highlights it looked pretty pretty interesting, so um how did it go for you and um what was it like being being in that race
9: yeah it uh it started out a little rough um we didn't we didn't time trial very good and and the format is um is really heavily weighted on time trials, uh, cause it's a point space system. So we didn't time very good. Um, had to start in the back of our heat race then and we gained a position or two and then they invert for the second heat and we started third and finished third. So we weren't really able to gain many points. So we ran the B and ended up, I think 10th in the B from 15th, um, you know, I felt all night like we had a really good car other than time trials. It's just it was so hard to dig yourself out of that hole. But um, luckily, with our point situation, I was able to get a provisional, and um, and I was fairly confident going into the feature that we would be okay because, like I said, my car felt great all night. It was just we couldn't dig ourselves out of that hole. So I felt like we had a car fast enough to be in the A-Main, and um, I think it showed. I think we – past 15 cars and got hard charger um it was just more of a buying your time kind of deal you know picking you know not not pushing it too hard at the beginning but picking off spots and the main thing was not getting lapped because once you get lapped in a race like that if you get lapped and a caution comes out then you're basically just holding on to your position because You know, the guys in front of you, even if you pass them, you're not going to, it's not going to be scored that you pass them. So, um, Macri, who ended up finishing second, he slid me to lap me, and I was able to unlap myself. And I think that was really the the big part of the race because then a caution came out like a lap later, and everybody behind me was lapped. So, I was able to keep picking off cars. And- My next question for you is, uh, talk a little bit
6: about how Sealings Grove went. Probably not the result you wanted, but um, you know, how did that weekend go? Um, two nights, and um, I'm not I'm not sure. I just need you to clarify something. I'm not sure if you ran Williams Grove or Sealings Grove Friday night, but um, I mean, what was it like Saturday night? And uh, you know, 40 laps, fuel stop. I mean, you know, I mean, what what are your thoughts on Sealings Grove?
9: We actually did not end up going to Sealands Grove. It it was on our schedule, but um, we've hurt three motors in the past three weeks. So um, we have one more left, and we're trying to save that for the National Open this weekend. So it was on our plans. We ran the Grove Friday night, and we're going to go Saturday. But during our maintenance Friday night, we found out we hurt a motor.
6: So that leads into my next question, which is a follow-up. Uh, National Open this week. Uh, I mean, wh- how many cars do you think are going to show up? Uh, you know, you're going to be against the Outlaws, the Posse versus the Outlaws, the famous rivalry. Um, you talked a little bit about how strong the Posse is. I mean, I mean, do you think right now, like that, PA probably has the best sprint car drivers in the country? I mean, at least what we've seen from Brent Marks and Anthony Mackery so far.
9: Yeah, I think you know, I think there will definitely be. A little over fifty cars, just because um you know the all stars are off this weekend, so some of them guys will come in, obviously you'll have all of the p a posse and and then all of the outlaws um I think it's I think it's really hard to compare some of our guys to the outlaws because you know it's them guys are so every night and and you are in Pennsylvania too, but just racing against the Outlaws is a whole different um, – it's it's a lot tougher. But um, I definitely think we have a pretty stout chance going in. Brent Marks is rolling really good. Anthony McAvery is rolling really good. Uh, even Danny Dietrich has really started to roll really good. So um, I, I think it will be interesting, and hopefully we can be up there with them.
6: My final question for you is uh talk a little bit about your relationship with Go Bright Motorsports, um you know with with your owner scott um uh, i mean what's it been like you know what's it been like running for him and you know what's it been like running behind a four ten sprint car every week
9: yeah it's been it's been a dream um you know I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without scott and uh and all of his partners um it's been you know, it's, it's a pretty good relationship. He trusts what we see and what we need to do and, and kind of gives us the backing and opportunities to do whatever we we need to do to best suit our race team. Um, you know, we've got to expand out a little bit more this year and, and not just run Lincoln and BAPS and, and, uh, Williams Grove. So that was, that was really cool because I like getting out to different tracks, um, and just being able to run a four ten every week's a dream, you know. Um even on a bad week, it's still at least I got to drive a four ten all week.
3: Well, uh I tell you, you go to a dirt track now, uh like the world of outlaws puts on a heck of a great show. I've I've never been to a world of outlaws show that I didn't enjoy. And I'm telling you, they they put on a show. And to uh for those guys to, to drive those cars and and you're you're in that situation, Dylan. To drive those cars and to me it looks like you're driving as hard to hit that turn one while and then you start ratcheting it to go through two and then back down the back stretch again. That's got to be an awesome feeling with it open cockpit.
9: Yeah, it, it's definitely a a crazy experience. You know, if if you ask if somebody asks me how do you drive a sprint car, I don't I don't think I could give an answer.
3: I, I would say that would be an incred- <laughs> a good answer right there because there's not no answer. Uh, let's talk about the guys at at the shop that helps you go round each race.
9: Yeah, um, we have you know it's just uh, me, my dad, and and a guy named Dale who is a, is a sponsor of ours, but also helps at the shop. Um, it's, it's insane. A lot, you know, I've not very posted about it on social media. I don't, you know, I don't really talk on it much, but they are there every single night, you know, there's always something to do, you know, even if our car's ready for the week, they're, they catching up on, on stuff from the previous week, or if we, you know, crash trying to get stuff fixed up, as our third or second spare building cars every week, it's the the number of hours they put in is countless, and there's nothing that I could show or do that to thank them enough
3: and what about your sponsors, Dylan?
9: Yeah, I have a great backing system behind me, and uh really thankful for that, but you know easy go service master clean private financial group, the gear shop. Uh, Smith Titanium, SCC Trucking, Front Runner Exteriors, FXG Sign and Label, Darwin Martin Trucking, Cahill Motorsports, Keebler Landscaping, uh, Freedom Off Road, Beer Hill Gang, AL Driveline. I'm sure I'm forgetting a few, but everybody else that does, you know, became a partner with us this year. Uh, really thankful for them.
3: And Dylan. Tell everybody where they can follow and keep up with your racing season this rest of the year.
9: Yeah, uh, I'm active on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Just at uh, Go Break Motorsports would be the best way to find me.
3: All right, Dylan. Norris, thanks, Dylan, for being part of the show today.
9: Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Thanks, Dylan. Thank you.
1: You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a tradition like no other. NASCAR Playoff Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. All right. I'd like to thank uh, Joey Gates
3: and uh, Dylan Norris for being part of the show this morning. Being uh, Actually, our first two Monday morning live guests, drivers, Kyle. Thanks to Kyle.
6: Rowdy, we were supposed to have Buddy Kofoid on uh, the day after the Springfield race, but uh, unfortunately, uh had a bad accident at that race, and uh, wasn't able to come on, but uh, yeah, our first two guests um, on the Rowdy Maglite show, the Monday morning edition, um, worked out very well. Uh, Joey Gase uh, running the 35 car for uh, for his own team, Emmerling Gase Motorsports, and then Dylan Norris running the sprint car for Go Bright Motorsports, so um, glad everything worked out, um, both were very good, and uh, glad uh, glad we could have these drivers come on and come on our show. I know you and I have been pushing for guests lately. Um, glad this all worked out. Um, I'm, I actually was surprised he didn't run Sealings Grove. Uh, I thought for sure he ran Seelands Grove. Dylan did. But, um, but you know, there will be another day. I know the National Opens this week. That's a big race coming up Friday and Saturday night, 10,000 to win. On Friday night, and then 75,000 a win Sat on, on Saturday. Or excuse me, 10,000 to win Friday night, 75,000 to win Saturday night. Uh, the World Outlaw is going to be in town, and then they'll be in town for the next few weeks, Rowdy. Uh, and then the week after the Nittany Showdown at the Port Royal Speedway. So, uh, a lot of a lot of racing, spring car racing, still still around. Um, another race I wanted to bring up while I'm thinking about it: Tuesday, October 4th, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. the the inaugural Brian Monteith Classic at Lincoln Speedway. Um, You know, there's some rumors floating around. I might be going. I don't know yet. Um, But uh, we'll see what happens. But I haven't made it to Lincoln yet since we were there last year, Rowdy, for the PA Speedweek race. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. And um, for me, uh, trying to get to Bloomsburg on Thursday night for their fair race, their first fair race in 37 years. Uh, trying to get there for that. Uh, the the Central PA Legends and the four the four cylinders um at the Bloomsburg Fair Raceway. So kinda what's been what's going on this week. Uh we mentioned Anthony Macri. he won again Rowdy, the third in a row. He won the Gymnase memorial open at Sealands Grove Speedway. Took home twenty six thousand dollars and uh had to beat Danny Dietrich for that win. Um you know they both finished second and third, Macri and Dietrich to Brian Brown a few weeks ago when I was at Sealand's Grove. And uh this time the posse prevails. So uh the the uh the invaders won Friday night at uh Sealings Grove Speedway, Darren Pittman for Hefner Racing. Um he's back. He wound up running uh Sealands Grove this week and I think he got a top five out of it. But uh you know, Briggs Danner also there with the four ten sprint car in his in his five G machine. So uh, I I know Briggs has been running a little bit too. I know we we've had him on before. Hopefully we'll get him back on soon. But, uh, yeah, big weekend this weekend coming up, Rowdy. Williams Grove National Open. Um, I've been there the last two years, probably probably not going to make it this year. But, uh, but glad, uh, you know, Williams Grove definitely on the schedule. And that's where Dylan got his first win. So uh, just a lot going on here in PA right now. Um Rowdy, I told you a few weeks ago when we started with the Tuscarora 50, it was going to be like this for the next month. So yeah, um, a lot of sprint car racing, at least 410 sprint car racing here in Pennsylvania. And, yeah, the competition is very good here, Rowdy. I, I, I'm not biased. I'm just saying from what I've seen, you know, I've seen Brent Marks and Anthony Mackery go to other racetracks and win, you know, out of state. So, um, you know, the, the competition is very tough for sure.
3: Well, Kyle, Rico won at Eldora, so that, that was on Friday night.
6: Yeah, Rowdy, it was uh it was a long time coming. The Four Crown Nationals weekend at El Speedway, uh Rico uh one Friday night, uh then they had the big uh the big Four Crown Nationals on Saturday night, the USAC Silver Crown cars, the USAC Wingless Four Ten Sprint Cars, and the USAC midgets, so uh and the All Star Circuit of Champions too. So it was four series, um four different winners. Chris Wyndham took on the uh USAC midget feature. Uh, you know he's been an all-star this year uh, with Tony Stewart's All-Star Circuit of Champions. Uh, Logan Sevi won the USAC Silver Crown portion of the weekend. Uh, Tyler Courtney won the All-Stars part of it. I think I'm missing one, Rowdy, but I can't I can't think of it right now. But uh, it was Justin Grant. That's who it was, Rowdy. It was Justin Grant who won the Wingless 410 Sprint Car portion of the Eldora 4 Crown National Saturday night. Rowdy, that might be on my bucket list now because uh, I like I would like to see all four series. Uh, be there and participate to uh to be there. So you know, I I've been to Eldora before. I went to the truck race in twenty fifteen for the Mud Summer Classic and everyone everybody there told me you had to go to the King's royal So hopefully I can I can make it there one day for that and you know, maybe make it out to Eldora for another race sometime.
3: So getting back to Xfinity, uh Noah Gregson wins four in a row, Kyle, uh we're gonna listen to we're gonna to listen to Junior, but we'll probably play Noah tomorrow on a special show or something coming up this week. Him and Winter Circle, because we're gonna be running short of time today. But uh, hey, a big shout out to CJ McLaughlin finishing tenth, and, and also Nick Sanchez doing eleventh.
6: Yeah, Rowdy. Uh, C Gracing had a good run at Texas. Uh, Ryan C finished ninth. You know he's a playoff driver. And the story, uh, I'm just fascinated by that story. Um, you know, they're outside on the outside looking in. I think they were the first – Ryan Sieg was the first driver to uh, make the playoffs in the last race. Um, that has not been done yet. So uh, that's, something that's something that has happened. I mean, you know, there's a college car out, a Richard Childress racing car not in the playoffs. I mean, that's a big deal. Um, you know, I know Sheldon Cree was close to Darlington. Uh, Lent. Landon Castle had a few shots, but uh, you know, unfortunately, mechanical Gremlins caught both of them and crashes. So, uh, yeah, um, it's been an interesting Xfinity season. You know, Noah Gregson ties Sam Ard uh, for the first time since 1983 uh, with four straight wins. Um, he's going to go for number five at Talladega, where he won in the spring. So, uh, we'll we'll see how he does. Um, you know, he's already locked into the next round. So, uh, big win. Uh, I thought Austin Hill had a really good run in that race. Rowdy um, finishing second. Um, you know, I, I know he's he's kind of a dark horse I think in this playoff. I'm not surprised he's been running well. Um, uh, he's been doing really good in that 21 car out I I know he's won Two you know, he's won uh, two superspeedway races, Daytona and Atlanta. Very good road course racer. I've noticed that. You know, he won the truck race at Watkins Glen last year. Um, so I mean, there's he's just he's good. You now Austin Hill's real I feel like Austin Hill is really really over in that 21 car this year and uh you know, he's been running really well, so uh, yeah, Junior Motorsports, another win for Noah Gregson. and, you know, he won the the last three races of the regular season, and he kicks the playoffs off with a win, so uh, good, good momentum for the 19, you know, especially when you have, it, it, before we put the audio rowdy uh, of Dale Hart Jr., um, I just want to say Luke Lambert's been a, been been big, too, you know, with his experience in the Cup Series, and now, you know, coming down working with a driver like Noah Gregson, and I think that's been really key, too, so. Um, you know, Luke Lambert's experience, you know, almost won the, the the cup series title in twenty fourteen and you know now now being with Noah this year. So I think it's been a good good matchup and you know, um they they continue to win. So uh we'll we'll have to see how the rest of the playoffs go.
3: Well, Noah rose into uh Talladega super speedway with four consecutive wins, uh, Kyle. And a lot of that is uh keeping your fenders on.
5: Junior Motorsports team owner, Dale Earnhardt Jr., who's driver Noah Gregson in the number nine uh, Junior Motorsports Chevrolet just won his fourth race in a row. Uh, We will go straight to questions. We'll start up here with Bob in the front.
10: Bob Hockers, Fox Sports. How hard is it to win four race, six Xfinity
8: races in a row? And of all the drivers you've had, where would you have picked Noah to be the one who had done
11: it? I'll say that, um, you know, it's an honor to as a as a I think for Noah when he truly does the homework to understand who, you know, what he, what Sam Ard was and what Sam Ard meant to uh to stock our okay, racing, um he'll really appreciate it more. Um and uh I do uh feel like that, you know, anytime you can match some of those records from some of the legends in the sport, like Sam Ard, uh it's uh it's a great thing. Um you know, we uh are so far removed from those guys, uh it's nice every once in a while just to hear their names in, in the in the conversation. So, uh I take a lot of pride in that as a as an owner, but I think, you know, Noah's done all the hard work to get here. Uh I was I don't think, you know, many of us thought he was cup ready uh, a year or two ago and he's he's gotten there. So definitely has all the things around him that's 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 been able to show what kind of great driver he could be. Uh Luke is a crew chief and all the other things um that uh that he has around him really has put him in a great position to to grow. And so he's been able to grow without losing that that style that we all wow. Like. Oh, it's been and, clear. Um, not everybody may know how to Take Noah all the time, but he is so unique that it's um, it's, it's it's severely needed, right? in in, in any kind of um, in any sport, you need personalities, and he's certainly an incredible personality. So the, he's a great asset to the sport going forward, and and um, I, he seems, you know, the whole team really seems buckled down and ready to try to capitalize on the opportunity to win a championship this year before they move up. <coughs>
8: Go to Holly, then Justin, then Rob. Hi, Dale. Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service. I just wondered if you could talk a
0: little bit about the way your team is peaking exactly when you want it to, with all four of these young guys in there. And um, I'm I'm considering Justin young too compared yeah. to me. But just
7: talk about that.
11: Cars have just been fast all year. I don't know um, if I'd say we're we're really peaking, but we're, just, we're One thing's unique about it, I think, is that we've been able to hold this edge. Usually teams, you know, even like ours, uh, get really strong, but it's very short-lived, and there's a lot of ebb and flow between the organizations in the Cup Series and in the Xfinity Garage. And uh, maybe in the Xfinity Garage it is possible for a lot of teams to get strong and stay strong, kind of control the whole season, whereas in the Cup Garage it seems to go in a much shorter rotation between strength and performance from organization to organization. So um, I've just been sitting here enjoying it while it lasts and you don't know whether that performance gain or advantage you have goes away tomorrow or it's going to go away after the year. But, uh, obviously we feel pretty, um, happy about everything, but, um, you don't take an you don't, you don't go into the next weekend, assuming that that advantage is going to be there. So, um, but I will say this, you know, Noah's won four in a row and I don't think that he was the best car in all four, uh, in the last two, he actually was just in the right place at the right time when the best cars eliminated themselves one way or another. And so I think that's that's a great sign of just maturity, not only in Noah but the whole team, to to be there for those opportunities. And um, But then go out there when you can just straight up whoop them and whoop them, right, like you did today. But uh, those days will come. But it's awesome to win when you're just in the right place at the right time as well. That's how you get these seven uh, win seasons is, is by – being smart and so um, hopefully we can make all I think for me the speed's in the cars and now it's up to each driver really the drivers are on the track to go out there and make the right decisions make smart decisions and understand how to race and how to points race how to race for wins when necessary and make all those decisions I mean really the teams are putting them in in position to succeed with the cars and, and it comes down to just making the right
8: choices on the track to make it happen.
5: We'll go to Justin, Rob, and then Caleb.
8: Yeah, Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Uh, junior, you're a huge advocate to the history of the sport. It's um, no question about that. So I guess two parts to this question. You came close to four in a row back in 99 um, when you went, I believe it was Dover, South Boston, and then Watkins Glen, and that was surrounded by a second and third. So I guess maybe kind of share that memory if you can and then uh, just what Sam Arden means to the sport as a whole Considering Noah just accomplished
6: that feat
11: Yeah I, I think that we should absolutely You know recognize Sam And how great he was and we really Lost Sam right in the peak Of his his greatness right When he had his crash and injury But um, We don't know you know how much more he might have Accomplished in, in, the, in the next Several years but uh, You know because I think he won those Four in a row in 83 And so <clears throat> I I uh, you know I think it's really important for us to to always um make sure that people are aware a lot of the younger fans, drivers, everybody that comes through the garage and industry understands all all they can about some of the some of the names in the history of the sport so um like I said, it's great to hear Sam's name just being ca- talked about because you know throughout this last week of the potential of Noah tying him so um I know that it probably makes Sam's family very happy to hear him discussed in any way, right? So um, I do remember when I won three in a row, we had had a terrible first half of the year, and that really kind of kick-started our second year to try to run for that championship. We weren't really doing all the things right. I wasn't doing everything right. We go on a three-win streak, and it just seemed like from that moment on we were propelled into the to the champ- the champ second championship. So having done so well or, or done so good in 98, we expected more in 98. 99, and it took us a while to get going, and I don't know what that was about. But um, to win to win three in a row, I think the Martins or the Watkins Glen win was really a big shock because um, of who we who we raced with at the end of there. But uh, you know, I'm proud of Noah. No reason he can't go out there and set the record for five, right? I think he feels so confident. There's so much momentum. Luke is Luke. He is amazing, and we are so lucky to have him. You know, if he moves on. Uh, next year we are just such a lucky organization to have had him for this single season. And so, uh, you know, I'm excited uh, to see what they can accomplish moving forward. I think that, you know, this is, uh, not, you know, I, I felt like, you know, algar might be in the best position of our four guys with the experience he has, but gosh, I mean, Noah just keeps on going. And I think that the strength in that team is got got to be concerning for everyone, not just, you know, our guys, but everybody, Gibbs and everyone. that Rob? I think for the first – so all year long, all the people that I've worked with in NBC have been telling me that Junior Motorsports is the best team, and I keep thinking to myself, man, when I watch the lap times and when I watch the races, I think that 54 car is the best. I just couldn't get – I couldn't ever get comfortable – but I feel like maybe today was a moment where I finally felt like one of our cars might be the best car in the series. And and um, so that's finally feeling real where my, my booth mates and teammates at NBC have kind of been saying that all year. I just haven't felt it in my gut till today.
8: Rob T. Hudson from the Pony Fish Net. Congratulations to all on another win here for JR Motorsports. Two questions for you. I mean, what's it like to be a positive catalyst having all these successful talents who will eventually make their way to the Cup Series, be it drivers or pit crew members? And secondly, you know, how special would it be to make uh, all four teams make it to the round of eight and eventually the championship four?
11: Um, Well, that would be an impossibility, I think, to get all four there. That's what you hope to happen, but just... uh with everything that just went on today you can see how circumstances and mistakes and missteps and things like that can take you out of contention and um, we're all our teams are so different from like the just the experience of the drivers right we got a very young driver uh and and in, uh, in sam and then we have you know josh that's 30 years old got a lot of experience but also new to this series new to any kind of playoff you know system um justin is the old veteran that you would you know, think that would have it all figured out by now and make all the right moves, and then Noah's just on fire, right? Just everywhere he goes, he's blazing a trail. How long will that last, right? How long, how long will the, is the you know, till the fuel in the tank runs out? How long can he keep that momentum going? But, um, so the teams, for me, are so unique. At, you know, although they're from the same organization, they're very different in personality. Um, <clears throat> I think that, uh, It's fun to give people an opportunity to succeed. It's fun. I I, I cannot, you know, I can't wait for cup teams to call to hire our guys. And I know it might sound crazy, but that's kind of like winning a race, you know, when when somebody calls and says, I I like this person and want to bring them up to the next level. I look at our team and our series as kind of like the AAA or the college level. And so we want them to move up. We want them to graduate. We want to be that place that is the springboard that gives people the best opportunity because that means if that if they see that as a pipeline they come to us the good people come to us because they see us as the opportunity for them to make that next step and so that gives us even though we have a lot of turnover at times that gives us so much opportunity to to bring in great people because they know that we're an access route to where they eventually want to be and that's a couple level you can't ignore that all the people that are there most of them, for the most part, want to go to CUP. Now, some of them love to be where they are and want to be with us and have done the CUP thing and kind of enjoy being in the Xfinity garage and the culture there. But, um, <clears throat> and we also try to be that same asset to Hendrick Motorsports, you know, a place where they can kind of keep their individuals in-house without losing them to other organizations. You've know, you got an engineer that wants to be a crew chief, and he's getting opportunities outside the building well, you can send him to us, and we can give him that crew chief experience and opportunity that he desires so badly. And that might keep him in the organization. When the opportunity does open up at the cup level that he's looking for, and it's at Hendrick, right, and they haven't lost him uh, in that information, that talent. So that's kind of what we strive to be as a, as a company in, in terms of being a farm team. I'm got to
5: Caleb and Jerry.
11: Kill a vessel, Uh Dale, another fun fact. Uh, no, also tied, or not tied, repeated what Harry Gantt did back in 91, winning four straight wins in
7: September. Does that add any more uh, significance to this win today?
11: Uh, things are coincidence. But, uh, you know,
7: um,
11: like I said, I hope Noah can go out there and win five in a row and just keep on winning. You know, that's the hope. But uh, everything, um, everything, one day at a time. Especially with that guy, right? He's uh they're gonna go to Cole you're gonna ask him about this when he comes in here. They're gonna go to Cole Swindell tonight playing at Billy Bobs and we FaceTime Cole from Victory Lane and I said, You better drag him up on stage but I'd forgot he's got a cup race tomorrow. So <laughs> I said, uh, and then I text Cole back. I said, Hey, remember he's got a cup race tomorrow, okay? We can't have him shotgun and a bunch of beers up there but uh so uh he's got some he's still got some challenges in the day left uh, left over. He's still got some hurdles and, and nego navigating to do. But he's gonna send his guys uh and and try to get get everybody a cowboy hat over at the strip mall and uh and and go to Coleswindale tonight and um and they're gonna have fun. I've got my wife and kids here so I'm gonna skip the concert and the Billy Bobs and all that. But uh I had my day, you know? And uh but he's I love how they they're going to go celebrate as a team. Even though he does have this ma- massive responsibility tomorrow, he's going to be there for his guys and ha- make sure they have a great time.
5: I'm going to go to Jerry, Raphael, and then Elliot.
7: Jerry, Jordan, kicking the tires on that. Uh, somebody got my other question, but uh, I wasn't going to ask anything until you kind of confused me just a second ago. You say you like being a feeder team. It sounds like you're backtracking from any potential cup team now. is, is that are, are you still wanting to go that route at some point? We always have
11: looked at, you know, how can we get to cup? and um we we i think kelly said it best recently that we're still kind of 50 50 on how to get there i think if the opportunity presents itself we're ready uh to make to make you know we're ready to buy a charter if the if the if the the right opportunity presents itself not everybody out there has just got charters laying around to sell, and they you know every charter that is for sale has a lot of strings attached and a lot of baggage to it and they don't want to sell all the charter. They want to sell part of the charter. It's it's just a real murky, muddy system, right? And so it's not just like you can just go make it happen or pull the switch. Um, and so it's uh, – but we are actually closer, I think, than we've ever been to, you know, to, to making that decision or making that change or that choice. Um, and we – there's not been a day – in the last 2 years that Kelly hasn't done something to move us in that direction i mean she's met if you you can name name me anybody in the industry she's met with them about this we are you know we're looking for we're looking to understand how when where and all the possibilities and um sifting through the the, re, the you know the truth and the and the rumors and 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 who's really Ready to get down to business, sifting through the you know all the everybody's got you know everybody that owns a chart, charter wants you know a lot of money for it and, and um, <clears throat> you know there's just a lot of challenges to it but there's not a I mean every day we're we're like looking to go in that direction it just has to you know it has to come together and uh, hasn't yet and and it, I think at this point. We it won't come together for next year. You know it'll have to be, you know, the the next year. And then you have the agreement and all that come together. The new TV thing and all that. So many moving parts that affect our ability to to move to that next level. It's crazy. You know, years ago you would just build a car and go race, and that ain't the case anymore. Yeah.
10: Got a Rafael in the front.
7: Congrats, Dale. Raphael with Arconic. Uh, My question for you is, you know, today we've heard a lot of talk about what should happen with Texas Motor Speedway. Um, What are your thoughts? What are your guys saying about it?
11: Well, I don't know that um, I've heard a lot of opinions to be honest with you, Uh, but so here's the reality of the situation. I talked about this on the uh, qualifying and practice show for the Cup Series. Basically, I would assume that the grandstands are going to stay and condos in turn 2 aren't going anywhere. I uh, doubt the big hoss is going anywhere. So whatever you're gonna do has got to fit in this footprint. So a half a mile short track is not happening and a two and a half mile super speedway is not happening. Um so whatever happens has to kind of fit basically where the track is now. So with those parameters, what do you do with this track as it is in this, you know, this this, this footprint? Do you you know Honestly, I think that, in my opinion, I would either do one of two options, and I'm scared to put these out here, but um, I would revert back to the original for, uh, configuration in turn one and two. I'd leave turn three and four the way it's been. Uh, I might not even touch the track and wait till what I see tomorrow. This race is going to run in 100-degree temperatures during the middle of the day, most of the races that we don't like here happen at night. Let's see what this racetrack looks like during the afternoon. Everybody might love it. You know, we could have, you know, a great race tomorrow and everybody go, well, now what do we do? Um, but I, I would I would either, you know, see after the race, if we don't have a good race tomorrow and there's still conversation or, or momentum behind making a change, I would I would first probably go back to the way the place was before they changed one and two. Or uh, – I mean, I, they could just repave the treated part of the racetrack. They could leave the bottom two grooves the way they are and literally just pave the upper grooves where that have been treated. And that new asphalt would have more grip, more speed. Guys would be running up there to find that. You you, you would basically have the racetrack you have now, but without the treatment on it. Because I think the treatment is is a long-term problem um we put this on the track and it grips and that's great but I think long term we're not going to want this stuff on our surface and it's 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 reapplying 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 it's got to be kind of affecting the asphalt in a negative way and so you see guys go up there and they're like I can't get it I can't mess with it until we activate it till we run in it till we make it hot and grippy and, and um but I think over a long time long a long period of time you don't want to be putting these things on the surface of your racetrack and so, um, but that's just my thoughts on it, and, and I, my thoughts kind of all change every day, it seems like, and I think tomorrow we're going to have even more opinions about it, depending on how the race is. It could be a great race. It could be an awesome race. I mean, I, I, I don't know how y'all feel, felt about today's race. It was, I thought it was pretty interesting, but um, hot and slick racetrack, cars sliding around, but where the track is treated is a dominant space, right? And I don't think that that's, I don't love that. So um I think I wonder where we might be today with this track untreated, entirely untreated ever. You know, right for was nothing out there. I wonder what kind of race we'd have saw today, but it's a hindsight. And um but that's that's basically what I think about it. I don't think that anybody I know that Marcus would love to put Atlanta 2.0 here um and and I don't but I don't think that happens. I really don't believe that that's what's going to happen. I know the drivers, a lot of drivers aren't really going to love that at all. And so uh, I don't think anybody wants another Atlanta, you know. I like this. I think that something Parker Klingerman said it best today. I was talking to him. He said, I won't, this place should be different than anything else, not like Atlanta, not like anything. Come to Texas because Texas only offers X, Y, Z, right, and that's a great way to think about it going in. How can you offer something that you don't get anywhere else? And so I'd start there.
5: We'll
8: go to Elliot. Right behind you, Elliot.
11: Elliot Stern, San Maria Times. Uh, back to Noah. Now four in a row. The next race with his personality, does the pressure mount, or is he look forward to this? Is just going to be a lot of fun? Which because I mean the pressure can really get to you. Yeah. You know he's won <laughs> so many, and he's won seven on the year, and it's playoffs. I don't think it. Um, I don't think that it would bother him. I really. I mean, not. I think he does get nervous. I think he does feel pressure, but I think the way he he acts is sort of his way of sort of getting that out. You know, getting that nervous energy away. Um, you know, you see him at the. You saw him at pre-race during the countdown to green show, and he's on the. He's on the the stage for the uh, intros, and he's just dancing around doing his thing, and the guys sitting around him are like, "What the hell." Um Ryanste signals to him almost embarrassed to be on camera uh because noah's being so goofy uh and so I think nerve, you know he just knows how to sort of release all that nervous energy in those moments when the pressure can build up and the pressure can get to you uh, and so maybe we'll see him be more you know full of more antics right I don't know he ev he kind of changes you'll see him one race and he's like. Buckle down and serious. You know, it's time to get down to business. And then the next race, he's goofy. You know, before the race, he's acting goofy and I tell you, you know, it's whatever. I, he's he's unique, man, and he beats to his own drum. And I don't, I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about the moment being too big, you know, for this guy. I feel like that he loves the uh, loves to be in the middle of the of the big moments. Like he loves that attention, and he's ready to, ready to, ready to do something big in front of a big, you know, a crowd that's paying attention, right? I think that that suits him. All right, Dale. Well, thanks right,
8: for thank joining y'all. us. Congratulations.
1: You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a tradition like no other. NASCAR Playoff weekend at Talladega Superspeedway, October first and second. Get your tickets now at TalladegaSuperspeedway.com. All right, Kyle. Big week in Talladega, it's here. Get your tickets,
3: everyone. If you're in the if you're at Big Bill's Garage, stop by and see me. I'll be there all weekend. Uh, Kyle, uh, always great to hear, Junior. Uh, not a day goes by they don't think about that Cup racing. Uh, that's going to happen. I see it 2024, 2025.
6: Yeah, right. I think I think the possibilities out there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Dale Jr. doesn't end up owning a Cup team one day, but uh, Noah Gregson doing really good in the Xfinity series right now. It's been, his, you know, it's his fourth year at Junior Motorsports. So seven wins this year, career year, and uh, you know, trying to take the put the icing on the cake before he goes to the Cup series next year.
3: So, uh, Noah Gregson, four straight, seven for the year. That's, that's pretty impressive. And it's time to move on. He's moving on to uh GMS and Petty Motorsports.
6: The organization did win this year with Eric Jones at the Southern 500. So that, that team is definitely capable of winning. Um, they have the cars, you know, especially with that Alliance. So, uh, yeah, they, they have a good, good, good thing under them right now. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I know we got Talladega coming up this week. We don't know what's going to happen yet, but all three series are going to be there. Um, big race for the Truck Series. You know, Ty Majeski locked in with his in the championship four with his Bristol wins. So um, I'm interested to see how that Truck race goes. Um, you know, we're locking in spots for Homestead already, or excuse me, Phoenix. I think I did it again, but uh, Phoenix, uh, the finale. So. Uh interested to see how that truck race is going to play out Saturday. I think that's kind of what I'm looking at right now, at least when, when we have playoff implications coming up. Uh, Noah Gregson already locked into the next round. Um, but for the Cup Series, there's nobody locked in. Um, that could be a huge win come Sunday uh, to lock into the, the round of eight. And, uh, yeah, um, Josh Chastain didn't do a single thing in in the uh, May race and won it. So, um, everybody wrecked either in front of him or behind him, so um, Ross Chastain, the last cup driver to win a race at Talladega, so um, I'm just interested to see how it plays out, um, you know, it's 500 miles, um, and, uh, you know, we have that, and uh, also, you know, there's no practice this weekend, so um, just qualifying in the race, so um, just interested to see, you know, who, who's going to be in the race. um Entry list probably will come out later today. I'm glad we had Joey Gase on today. That was perfect. I think he did a he's racing this week as well. So um finished fifth there for me Jimmy Means Racing back in twenty fifteen. So, you know, he's had some success there. But uh I think that's what, you know, with Caladeg, I think it's always this the story the underdog. Um, you know, it's gonna be wide open. You know, last year, three first time winners on the same weekend. Tate Fogelman winning the truck race, Brandon Brown winning the Xfinity race, then Bubba Wallace winning the the rain shortened Cup race on Monday. So, um, interested to see how that stuff goes, and you know, can we, you know, and that's another thing I want to mention too is keep an eye on Bubba Wallace. You know, that 45 team, they're trying to win an owner's title. So, although all these other drivers are running for the drivers uh, title, 45, you know, they did win the the race in the last round. So, um, they're looking really good and. Wouldn't be surprised to see if you know Bubba Wallace made it back to back come
3: Sunday. Uh, Kyle, he 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 won last year rain shortened, a lot of people complaining about it, but I was there. They may have been able to start the race, but NASCAR would have had to choose what time they were gonna quit because dark was approaching. And I've been to one dark dark race finished and uh it's kinda hectic in the uh, pit road down along Trying to get back in the garage and it's dark. So, congratulations to Bubba. He, he got a. I called that he would win between uh, what was it? Uh, Gateway, Worldwide Technology, and and Talladega, which he got it last week. He got it last week at Kansas. He was fast.
6: That was a, that was a clean sweep for the forty five twenty three eleven team as well because Kurt Bush we're still on the sidelines, one there in, uh, in May. So it was a, a clean sweep for the 45-car at Kansas this year.
3: So, Kyle, we're going to play Tyler Reddick to finish the show. is 24 minutes. Let's talk about what you got to close us out so we can let this play. Well,
6: Rowdy, um, as mentioned, um, I'm looking to go, hopefully, to the Bloomsburg Fair this Thursday night. Uh, Seven o'clock. Ever all the racing starts. The uh, the the PA Central PA Legends cars and also the four-cylinder car is going to be on on tap for the fair's first race since 1985. So um, hopefully I can get to that. Um, my schedule, my work schedule is really good this week. Um, next week um, I'm off on Tuesday, October 4th, which is the same night as the inaugural Brian Monteith Classic at Lincoln Speedway. Um, haven't been to Lincoln since we went to the PA, the second PA Speed Week race of the week at Lincoln last year. So, uh, you know, no, no, no national open for me unfortunately. Um, but I've uh, been there in the past. You know, I know it's going to be a good weekend there. A lot of cars, a lot of people showing up. Uh, not sure what Larson's doing yet, Rowdy. I haven't seen anything yet. So um, I know he ran it last year. Um, flew back and forth from Talladega, so I, I, I don't know. We don't know yet. So. That kind of came later in the week last year, kind of kind of leaked out. So um, we'll see what happens, and then you know we have the you know the next weekend we got the Wool of Outlaws at Port Royal for the Nittany Showdown. I think it's like ten thousand to win one night, and I think fifteen thousand to win the next night. So um, yeah, interested to see how that'll go, and then the week after um, we got uh, the uh, the Speed Showcase, fifty thousand to win, seventy-five laps. For the feature at Port Royal Speedway, I'm hoping to be there Thursday night for the 40-lap uh, short track super series feature. That's that's kind of what the plan is looking right now. So, um, kind of a kind of a less busy night. Um, also, Rowdy, uh, the addition of the 410 sprint cars to the weekend, uh, Friday, October 14th, um, the short track super series is going to have two 20-lap qualifying races for the feature, and then uh, the 410 sprint cars going to run a 20-lap five-lap feature, five thousand to win. So uh interested to see how that weekend's gonna go. And then the weekend after the Eastern States two hundred at Orange County Fair Speedway. Um kinda kind that's kinda what's going on here in the next next month uh around here. You know, we just had the gymnase memorial open at Sealand's Grove. Uh, Anthony Macre winning that for the third year in a row. And uh also Rowdy, uh, before I throw it back to you, uh Peyton Sellers, uh, finally getting a grandfather clock in Martinsville, uh took the win in the Valley Star Credit Union three hundred. Um that's actually on my bucket list, Rowdy. Um, you know, I know I know, you know, the cup race in Martinsville is important, but I um, wouldn't mind seeing that late model race sometime uh, now that it's under the lights too. So um I don't know. There's a lot of racing going on and uh you know, we still got a still got a few months left until uh, we close out twenty twenty
3: two. Exactly, Kyle, and uh we got Tyler Reddick with his third win. Didn't see that coming at the first year.
6: Well, I mean, Tyler Reddick was on the cusp of victory lane and uh, ran good at Auto Club. I know he didn't, I didn't get a tire go down in that race. I know he was close in the Roval last year. So I think it was just a matter of time, and now he has three wins with RCR. And we still don't know his future yet. You know, I, I know Richard Childress Racing has said they were going to run a third car for him next year. But, um, I, you know, we, we haven't seen all the, the details on that yet. But we'll, we'll see what happens here in the next, next month or two when we go into the offseason.
3: Kyle. So uh Kyle I appreciate you being part of the show. I know you got to get moving here at uh eleven thirty. Appreciate you being part of the morning show. Uh some really great guests, Joey Gates, Dylan Norris. Uh hey, let's do it again Monday, but we're gonna be busy all week, Kyle. I'm leaving out Wednesday. Ex- expect something I'll wait from Talladega. Kyle.
6: Well I know it's your home race, Rowdy, and I know it's a big weekend, so uh I like having the Xfinity there twice, Xfinity series there twice now. Um ever since they they brought they had a you know, how when they were doing the whole COVID pandemic when they were moving the races and adding races and they kept that race, so um kinda cool to see you. Oh, I don't know why Rowdy it reminds me of that old Arker race they used to run in October. You know, when you had when you had everybody show up, when you had guys like Juan Pablo Montoya and Dario Franchitti show up and just to get some more track time. I I mean, I, I don't mind the ARCA race being in April. I don't have a problem with it. It's just I, I don't know, I've always I feel like I feel like you get more entries in the fall, but you know, it is what it is and that's how they want to do it. So, um, but yeah, um, a lot of history there at Talladega Super Speedway. And Rowdy, you know, before we we get into Talladega, um, I've been told there's a lot of Arca stuff at the International Motorsports Hall of Fame, so I definitely want to see that one day and uh, look at all that old Arca stuff because you know I'm a I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff.
3: Can't wait till you come, Kyle. And when you when you when you do come down to the track, you got to stay two weeks because we got plenty to do. Also, Kyle, let me mention this before we get started on uh, Tyler Reddick. This weekend it's a tribute to Red Farmer a salute to nascar legend that starts uh saturday night at four starts to racing and listen i've heard them race over there till three thirty in the morning so they're not it's not over till it's over
5: a winner of tonight's auto trader echo park automotive 500 tyler reddick driver of the number eight. Richard Childress racing, racing Chevrolet. Tyler, this is your third win this season, first win at Texas in the Cup Series. How are you feeling?
10: Um, Pretty good. Um, It was a chaotic night for us from what felt like the very get-go. We had so many just things not go right. It was um, – I don't even know where to start. We just – we had a lot of things not go our way, and – um at least two or three times I thought we were going to be crashing in the outside wall in turn one, whether it was because the door foam came off, got on my steering wheel, or me and Brad got into each other and I got loose into one. There was a lot of things that just didn't really seem like they were going our way. Loose wheel, I but uh, it didn't seem to hold us down. I mean, our car was really strong and we got some brakes along the way too, and I, I knew we had a strong car, but I didn't know how our night was going to finish after all the things that went wrong, so... It's great that we were able to put ourselves in that position, take two tires, and have a car strong enough to be able to hold on to the lead like that.
5: All right. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We will go ahead and start right back there.
8: Uh, Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Um, Tyler, first off, congrats. I know you kind of wanted this one probably a week ago. Um, but let's. I guess let's talk about the tires, because, I mean, um, this is race 30 of the year and I think we've had three in this entire season where we haven't had tire issues um what is it like as a driver to like have that uncertainty of knowing not knowing
10: when the tire is going to go or if it's going to stay or or how well I mean you have some sort of an idea uh we at the end of practice we were one of a few that uh, had some issues with the right front tire um so we knew we had some work to do and there were some things we needed to change maybe go up on some air pressure that sort of thing uh, so it wasn't like a an unknown. Um but, but certainly with with the way the practice is set up, you there, you're you take a chance of not running enough laps if you're working on your car a lot to really get a read on if you're you know if you're too low on air pressure or too aggressive on one thing or another. Um but in our case we ran enough laps and we were able to see that that we had um been too aggressive on our right front tire, so we made some adjustments going into the race, thankfully. But uh yeah, it is tough to not really. No. I mean, sometimes you have a warning. I feel like at Kansas I did, at Charlotte I did, uh, Fontana a little bit, but it's very, very, su- very subtle. I mean, you get a little bit looser, the car starts to have a slight vibration, um, but a lot of times the vibrations I had tonight were very, very, very in- intense, and uh, you know, if it if if it was gonna blow, it wouldn't have, but it didn't. How would you describe that for you? For me personally. Well, for you being
8: not in the playoffs anymore compared to some of the others who are in the playoffs, because, you know, Blaney said he's
10: concerned, um, quite a few of the others. For you, you're not. Are you just now just, is it fun? Like, no, I mean, I'm concerned because I want to, you know, if we we blow a tire, we don't have a chance to win the race. Um, You know, that's basically what happened in Kansas. It happened really early and we didn't get any stage points, nothing. So, uh, you know, it's something we're always going to be aware of. I mean, we got to, you know, there's there's performance and, and then there's a point where you gotta be be smart and, and try and keep it inside the you know a realistic area and uh you know if you, unfortunately for us a few times this year uh we've had really fast cars but we've been just pushing um certain things a little bit too far and unfortunately we've had issues because of it
5: I right, we'll go up to jeff what were you, having?
1: Oh. Were you
10: oh my gosh are you all right? Sick? Were you, were you having? No, I'm not sick. It just vanished during the race. Were you, you were having, you were that excited, <laughs> <laughs> screaming and yelling. Were you having? Uh, the Kansas, like. Oh yeah. You said after Kansas, you're like, you know, I don't want fast cars. Anymore. <laughs> you know, wait. I mean, I I would love fast cars, but like it. Yes, but every time it seems like we we did have fast cars, something cr- just just something would go wrong. So yeah, I was I was a little worried coming into the day about that. Uh, but but thankfully we 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 were able to, you know, cut those tires apart after practice and Goodyear was like, "Hey, we got a problem here. Like, you know, you need to be aware of this." So we knew that we needed to okay, be a little bit smarter going into the race, make some adjustments. But yeah, it uh I I love fast cars for sure. I definitely kind of got twisted to where it was like, "Oh, you know, okay, well, we make the car slower and you won't have tire failures." But but seriously, every time we've had a car that is that was off, you know. We're not making the most grip out of the tires, so we're not, you know, pushing the limits of what the tires can handle. So yeah, I I definitely wanna still have fast cars, but certainly it is it is a bit crazy, you know, you have that short practice and you're going off of, you know, will force data and all these things to try and get the setup as close as you can, you know, you wanna you wanna have speed, so you're gonna push the issue in some areas and it's just hard to know where that line is until unfortunately something goes wrong or not.
5: right up there hi michelle aaron from cronkite news i came out here from phoenix um keeping with the theme of the cars we did see a lot of accidents tonight like an unprecedented number of things that happened. do you think there's still a lot of room to improve on these gen 7 race cars
10: i mean there's things that will continue to change i think as we learn more about this car Um, it's just in the year or you know months that that we've ran in this season from start to now we learned so much about this car that we didn't necessarily know was going to be a factor, or you know, it's gone directions. I think some of us didn't really predict. So, I think we'll continue to make to make um, improvements, and and everyone will do everything they can to try and help the reliability and 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 the durability of the tires. Certainly, you know, as the teams learn more about this car, you know, we're going to be finding ways to push this car through the corners harder. Than, than some of the some of the will force cars will be able to do in the corners. And so I think just as the teams continue to, to go down that path of, of maximizing this car further and further, you know, we just keep making more grip and uh, the tires have more and more stress because of it. So I think it's just just kind of a product of, of that that rapid uh, you know, ramp up and and, and and learning about this car that just kinda happened this year.
5: We'll go right up here.
8: Rob Tiongson from the podium, excuse me, Rob Tiongson from the podiumfinish.net. Tyler, congratulations on win number three for the season. It's your first on an oval. Two questions for you. I mean, it was a wild race for sure, but how satisfying is this victory considering how frantic this was? And and on a lighter note for my second question,
10: how excited are you to finally get some chicken tenders for fans out there? And maybe for me, too. Yeah, no, any time that we can get that done, it's a big deal. Uh, going to a Cheddar's on a Monday night going to be popping, that's for sure. There's going to be a lot of free chicken tenders, and uh, you know, hopefully hopefully everyone's chowing down. But, but yeah, to get it done to Oval's, uh, it, it is important. I, I didn't know where it was going to come, but for it to be here is kind of a nice surprise. And, and based off, again, how our day started, I didn't really know what our result was going to be today. Again, we had we had a really strong car, but just things weren't going our way. But we were able to bounce back at the right times, and, and strategy kind of fell the way that it did. And, again, our car was strong, so we were able to kind of mix it up. And it just turned out we had the right strategy, and we were able to be at the front when it mattered, and we were able to get to the lead and, and then hold on from there.
5: We'll go here to the left.
10: Mark Carroll, PRN. Congratulations. Great win. What was your feeling
2: coming across the start-finish line, heading out of turn four? You can kind of coast in. It was this massive relief. I mean, again, we had a very frantic race. It was almost, you know, the kiss of bad luck immediately if you were leading the thing. So just what were you feeling taking the checkered flag after surviving all this?
10: It was a huge sense of relief for sure. Um, Yeah, just the, the last, you know, 10 laps, I would say. You know, I'm looking behind me and Joey would kinda of pop off a good lap and you know, I'd have to push a little bit harder. It it's it's really nice when you're in that spot where you have a car that's that good to where you can just kinda of drive it at at eighty percent and not, you know, overstep your marks, overstep the line, um, uh, because that that kinda of made me feel better about okay, I got this vibration, but I can run the car eighty percent through three and four and not really lose much ground to Joey, so uh, to finally cross the line and, and know that we we finished the race and, you know, that vibration wasn't really anything at all, it, as it seemed, uh, was a huge sense of relief for us because every time, like I said, it just seems like, like every time we've been fast. We've had something go wrong. We've had a failure, a tire go down, and, um, and after a while, it's definitely frustrating. So I was, I was definitely concerned, but we made it. And my
2: follow-up question is this, I, when I see how hard this team fights for you and all you guys accomplished this year any second any regrets about your decision to move on or move away from this team given just how good you guys are together
10: Um, no um you know it it, my decision to stay and go wasn't had i mean at the end of the day it wasn't really oops the lid was popped off that thing Um, another thing that went wrong tonight but hey we won so um no no regrets i mean it it Unfortunately, the decision that was made and, and my choice to move on had nothing really to do with my team. It was just it was just circumstances with you know myself and RCR and um, you know I, I love my team. I've never been as close I am with this group as as I have been with as, with anyone else. And um, you know it, it's a type of bond and, and 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 a group and the friendship that we have that will outlive our tenure together as as a, a driver and as a team. You know, we're already joking around about you know and years down the road when when I'm running somewhere else, we'll probably still be doing the same things we're doing now. We'll probably still be spending spending time together hanging out doing that sort of thing. That's just who we are so um yeah we're we're making the most of this for sure you know it, it is unfortunate that you know things do have to come to an end, and as it turned out, you know it's coming to a close a little bit sooner than we all initially thought when when I made my announcements but uh it's the direction that that RCR needs to take for for their long term goals, and I understand that. But they're a great team, and they're going to have a lot of fun. And you know, they're they're getting a really good driver. Uh, you know, they're getting a really really good driver. Uh, you know, after me, so you know they're going to continue to have that success and have that have that strong drive behind the driver's seat. So you know, I I didn't know if we were going to. Stay together our whole lives, or how it was going to go. But if, if for whatever reason, you know, as it's turned out that I would be going the other way, I would. I wanted nothing more than for them to have like the next best driver that that there is in the field, and for them to get Kyle Busch. For me is if I'm if I'm going one way and and I can't be with them any longer. If I could just go through the list and pick a driver, that's the guy. So for for my team and those guys, I care about a lot. I'm really glad they're going to have him.
5: All right, we'll go back there and then up to Dustin.
10: Uh, Steven Stumpf of FrontStretch.com. Um,
0: it was said before, but Harvick, Elliott, Truex were among the drivers to crash out of the lead. Tires have been a concern. Um, obviously, you said you were kind of also focused on racing Logano, but in the last in the last Green Flag run, just how much in your mind were you thinking, oh, please don't go flat, flat, please don't go flat?
10: Probably about, I'm not going to lie, um, probably about half, about 50% of my brain was thinking about that and the other 50 was just on on running clean laps. Again, that's just because we've we've had a lot of those issues this year. Uh, Fontana, we we're leading in the Lenovo car of all things and uh, blew a tire. Unfortunately, got ran over by William and our day ended. Uh, Charlotte, another really strong car. We're running second behind Ross and had a failure. But we we're able to rebound from Charlotte. Um, but there's just been a lot of races this year that's been that way. So because of that yeah it's it's in the back of my mind, but again it's you know everyone knows that coming into this you know you gotta you gotta push some limits and uh unfortunately just with the with this new tire and with this new car it's a little bit more sensitive to it, so you just have to be on top of it a little bit better, be really paying attention to the tires after practice and um be ready to make some adjustments going into the race so you don't have those issues dustin dustin long
0: n b c sports um Tyler, I wanted to ask you about uh, the Byron-Hamlin incident. And I think you were, if I'm not mistaken, you were only a few cars or a couple cars behind. What did you see from, from your perspective, first of all,
10: please? Well, I'm not going to lie, Dustin. I don't really know what, what happened. Um, I just know that I think it was Truex had the flat, and then I see Denny going through the grass, um, so I, I, I don't really know what happened. So, I mean, if, some, if if you do and you want to fill me in, that would be good because, I mean, I can see they were going at each other, but I don't know if, like, William intentionally did it or not. I, I don't know those details. Yeah, Byron
0: said that Hamlin forced him up into. he hit the wall, and then he went to hit him under caution and said he hit him too hard. Um, I'm curious, from a, a competitor's point of view, And there's video that shows the contact happened after the caution lights were illuminated. Hamlin did not get his position back. Is that a concern or what type of question would you have as a competitor if you were put in that situation? Because obviously Hamlin and Gavehart felt like they should have been put back in there because they had no control of not maintaining speed because they got knocked out of the way.
10: Yeah, well, the, the one time I've hit someone under caution, I got parked. And William Diggins Park, so it's it is different. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, yeah, you know, it was under caution. He got ran over. What can you really do? You know, it, it's it's one of those deals where you, you know, I feel bad for Denny and, and and the team, but you know, rules rules. He didn't maintain speed, so there's just arguments all over the board. You know. Um, I don't know if we can really allow guys to run over other guys under under you know caution and be able to maintain their spot you know in Williams situation you know if if he did run him over whether it was on accident or on purpose, I feel like there should be some sort of you know penalty for him on that on that side because he's completely screwed someone's race up whether it was on purpose or not, so I feel like there should be something done there um i'm sure I'm sure they'll make some sort of a decision or, or, you know, I'm sure it'll be something they'll, they'll address this week and updates and um, on NASCAR side. So I'll be curious to see what that is. But certainly we can't really have this where, you know, you dump someone under caution, they go to the back and you don't. I mean, that could be a potentially a really interesting uh, situation in the future.
0: Another thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, you've referenced the, the, the issue's been about the tire issues throughout this year. Obviously, I know you talk about it's in the new car and everybody's learning. Um, What are the things that, I guess, you know, maybe certain things can be changed now, but maybe some things can't be? What are the the lessons or things that the sport, the teams, everybody needs to do in in moving forward to try to limit it? Obviously, competitors are always going to push the limit, so even if things are dialed back, there's still going to be some sort of a limit. Is, Is there anything that can be done moving forward, or is it, this is racing and it's all about pushing them? Pushing the line, and this is what happens.
10: I don't really know all the details on this. To be honest with you, um, but but I, I do feel like it. The Goodyear will be able to correct this. I just think, to a degree, potentially, as as these cars have gotten faster and we're getting more speed out of them, maybe, hypothetically speaking, maybe we're we're you know putting the cars through more more load and more. Um, you know, putting more stress on the tire than, than they ever really thought we would be. I I don't know, but I know Goodyear will fix it. I mean, that's what they do. You know, it, it's going to be a process, but, um, you know, I know they're going to be on top of it that, you know, hey, they don't want to see those those failures. We don't want to see them either. They're going to be working on um, looking through and trying to figure out what exactly is going on, and, you know, we'll all learn from it. It's a brand new car. This is the first time we've in the history of our sport, we've gone to an 18-inch wheel and independent rear suspension. All these things are way different. Diffuser, all these things, way different. And so we're all learning together. And unfortunately, just the nature of it, we're having tire failures.
5: We're going to go right up there.
8: Matt Kreider, not Record Chronicle. Tyler, what is the feeling
10: winning one week after elimination? Eh, I mean, it's still nice. Yeah. As much as, uh, as it would be really easy to be thinking about, you know, oh, God, man, two points and we're outlocked in round eight. But it's done. It's in the past. There's nothing we can do to change it. So I'm just going to enjoy the win that we have today, tonight, and uh, get ready for Talladega and try and go do the same thing there. I mean, I'd I'd love to be racing for a championship. I really would. But we can't. We can uh, do everything we can to go out and win these races, though, from, from here to Phoenix.
8: And what were you saying about the door foam and the steering
10: wheel? Ah, it was a warm day. Um, <clears throat> but but yeah, for whatever reason, it kind of come unglued. And next thing I know, I'm driving in turn one, and the door foam fell over. And I'm trying to turn my hands to turn the steering wheel. And the door foam was, was in, in my hands and in my wheel. So I couldn't really turn the steering wheel. And I went flying up the racetrack. I was kind of fighting a loose handling condition. So I mean, I could. Somewhat turned the wheel, but as soon as something had kind of fallen over into my hands, and I couldn't be as smooth as I needed to be. Um, I was worried I was going to spin out, trying to still steer through it falling over. So it, it fell over. I grabbed it, and I tried to throw it over to the right side of the car. It got stuck right in front of my face, go down the front straightaway, which was not good. Uh, but I got it over to the right side eventually, and then under that lightning delay, uh, we were able to get it back out from the right side of the car um, and, and fix it and, and really – Tape everywhere and got it really taped to the re- to the to the left side of the car and it didn't come loose again.
5: Right back there.
10: <clears throat> uh, Caleb dot SpeedwayDigest.com.
4: Tyler, congratulations. Um, you mentioned earlier about Talladega. What is the mindset when you're out of the playoffs? You got Talladega next week. You got the Roval the week after. Um, obviously, there's going to be some guys looking for some points and whatnot. And as a Chevy driver, are you going to be? You know, trying to help them out, especially at Talladega, uh, trying to get some points, or are you just going out there and focusing on yourself and trying to get a couple more wins.
10: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be selfish, honestly. I mean, I want to win for this team. I mean, I would I would love to be up at the front and hang out all day up at the at the front of the field racing, but the trend, unfortunately, recently with with these just you the know, super speedways is just a lot of crashes. And whoever's left in the end can pick up the scraps and win. So it's something that's going to be on all of our minds this week as we prepare. What are we going to do? Are we going to be up front racing all day, maybe get crashed and be out? Um, you know, we're, we're pretty much just focused on winning races. So I think we get a feel for what our car is going to do and um, then make a decision. Do we run up front all day or do we kind of hang out and wait uh, for the big crashes at the end?
5: Jerry.
7: Jerry Jordan, kicking the tires on it. You look like the smartest guy in the garage right now. You've got uh, I, a bug what? flying around the room. She's freaking out. Sorry,
10: Marissa's like yeah. pat pat.
7: Like. Yeah, it's a bug. It's flying around. They're scared. <laughs> <laughs> you look like the smartest guy in the garage right now. I mean, you've got a why because do you've got a contract already signed. You're, and then your team is on you know that you're with now is on fire. You're you're, you're basically you know patting your your stats with wins. So you you got to feel good about yourself. I mean, and and the decisions that you made. What is left for you know this next year, for this year and then next year for Tyler Reddick before you move on, or how does that how does that play into the fact? Have y'all decided what you're going to do?
10: I mean, I like winning, so I I just plan on showing up to the track and trying to win every race. I mean, nothing will really change. It's going to be the same thing we thankfully did tonight. I'm going to try and do the same thing every week. It'll be a new challenge with with different people, and that'll be fun. I'll look forward to it. It'll be a new challenge. Got to accept it and embrace it. It'll be fun. All
5: right, we're going to take one final question over there.
8: Congratulations,
7: um, Raphael with Arconic. So on yesterday, the story was, you know, what should happen to Texas Motor Speedway? So you've got to win here. What do you think should happen to Texas Motor Speedway? We heard everything from tear it down to start over, Atlanta
10: 2.0. What are your thoughts? Hmm. Um, well, I mean, I, I look at – The mile-and-a-half tracks that we really have, and we got Charlotte, we got Kansas, we got Homestead, but Homestead's its own, you know, animal. It's a different shape. Atlanta's a super speedway now. I mean, I think I've kind of hit them all. Oh, Vegas? We got Vegas. Um, Yeah, so for me, I mean, we don't have... At one time, we had Chicago, Kentucky, you know, a lot of different uh, mile-and-a-half tracks, so for me i i, lo- I mean I, I enjoy racing here now but the texas that i came into in the truck series it was wore out you could move all over it had the tunnel bumps um the, the the play out of that old track was really really fun i really enjoyed it and some of the greatest drivers in our sport could just absolutely dominate here so me i would love to see a return to that if we couldn't do that maybe you know turn it into a true true oval or you know something like homestead um not like homestead, but, you know, make it, make it like the old Atlanta something like that. Um, It just, for whatever reason, having, having tracks where one and two or or one end of the track is really, really flat and the other end has a lot of banking, it kind of takes away variables. Um, You know, we, we, we have to lift a lot in one and two and it's very technical, but we get over to three and four and we're almost wide open. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, for the most part, we'd never, ever be running up by the fence in three and four. So I think. Just making the two corners very close together, I think, would would make, uh, that's what I'd want to see. It kind of return to its past or, or be something a little bit more old school.
5: All right. Thanks for joining us, Tyler. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a tradition like no other. NASCAR Playoff Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com.
3: Alright right, everybody, be ready for the ticket giveaway. We've been giving them away now for, I think, eight days. We've got four more left, Uh, four more, which is two sets for Sunday's race. We'll see you in Big Bill's Garage. Stop by, get your pictures up. tell me what's going on, tell me your experience in Big Bill's Garage. Still got free camping, folks. Got the concert on Saturday night. Hey, you got the rodeo on Friday night. Rodeo. Listen, it was a packed house last flat October. It should be even more because they went back to tell everybody what they missed. All right, folks. See you, Talladega.
1: Keep that light shining. Word,
3: it's chaos.
1: You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. Fire, where a town turns into a city and a weekend becomes a lifetime of memory. It's a tradition like no other.
0: What a wild finish.
1: NASCAR Playoff Weekend at Talladega Super Speedway, October 1st and 2nd. Bobby
0: Wallace, the winner at Talladega. Get your
1: tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com.
3: I also want to thank Joey Gates for calling in and Dylan Norris. Thanks, Kyle, for being part of the show.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
4: It's my little escape.
1: Now, Judy's the life of the party.
4: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.